And so here we are, Tennessee, the number one team in Tuesday's initial playoff rankings entering this season. The Volunteers' highest college football playoff ranking ever, 17th back in 2016. There are some new faces in the rankings with three teams making their first ever appearance. We've got Illinois at 16. Tulane, the top group of five team, checks in at 19. And Oregon State weighs in at number 23. And of course, there's always some disagreement this week at Falls with undefeated TCU, seventh in the initial rankings behind a one-loss Alabama team. The Horned Frogs own the third best strength of record, according to ESPN Analytics. We take a look now at this week's college football playoff rankings brought to you by Allstate, rounding out the top 10. Oregon, the top Pac-12 team, the number one spot ahead of fellow conference mate is USC. And the top two-loss team in the initial rankings, LSU, at number 10. Happy to have you with us, Wendy Nix, Roddy Jones, and Tom Luganville. And, of course, we have now had the initial college football playoff rankings for the 2022 season. And the biggest disagreement, at least so far, TCU uh, did not make the top four, not even the top five, but coming in at number seven. Here's committee chairman Boo Kerrigan with an explanation. Well, I, I think you look at TCU, and, again, we're looking for a balanced team, offense and defense. And they have gotten behind in some games. They've been able to come back and win those games. But when you look at Alabama in the wins against Mississippi State at Arkansas, at Texas, and obviously a three-point loss at Tennessee, as a committee, we decided to go Alabama 6 and TCU 7. So, Boo Corgan, explaining the thought process of the committee, Luke. So, everybody, again, I mentioned this before, it seems like has an opinion on this. Where do you fall? Where do you net out with TCU at seven? Well, as the translator of, of Boo Corgan, I would say he is now talking about <laughs> game control because that is a component to all of this, whether we agree with it or not. The reality is that, in my opinion, if this was TCU with that, if this was Texas or Oklahoma with that schedule in that record, they would be in the top four. The fact is, they were a team that had to start from way back that came out of nowhere. So they've had to earn it more than other people. Fair or unfair, that's the reality of the situation. And you know what? Let, let's call it what it is. I'm not saying it's right. But when these, these committee members look at the rosters of TCU, Alabama, and Michigan, all right. They don't see those teams as being built the same. Now, maybe on an any given Saturday, a TCU could match up with with any team in America. And I believe that. But talent in eye test is playing a role in this initial ranking as well. Yeah, Luke, I, I agree with you that it's the eye test and maybe the metrics, too, because when you look at overall efficiency, offensive and defensive, uh, Alabama is certainly more balanced than TCU, although I think you can make the same argument that Ohio State is more balanced than a Tennessee in the one-two discussion if you go there. The thing mm -hmm. that bothers me about it with, with TCU is I, I think if you're them, you're very disheartened because in the first college football playoff rankings, you're already behind a one-loss SEC team. So what now has to happen for them to leapfrog either of the two undefeated SEC teams that are ahead of them? Obviously, Georgia and Tennessee are going to play, and we certainly don't expect a loser that to fall behind TCU. So that 13th data point, that conference championship, if they get there, the one that we never really know how much to weigh, we never really know how much that plays into the committee's evaluation until after that last ranking, it's going to have to carry a lot of weight for TCU to be able to jump any of those one-loss SEC teams. 
I think, Roddy, for me, that's exactly the word I would use is disheartened simply because it almost feels like they took it out of their hands. I mean, all you can do is win every game, and you hope the message is even if you do that, there's no path. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but it sort of sets it up that it's possibility. Uh, again, though, these are just the initial rankings. Don't forget, by the way, to cast your vote at ESPN College Football, who you think will be the Dr. Pepper one final team. You can do that using the hashtag one final team. Time now to take a look at what's your beef brought to you by Old Trapper. Everybody's got a beef, Roddy, even on a beautiful Wednesday. I'm going to ask you what yours is with regard to the initial rankings, but you can't say TCU. We've already exhausted that possibility, oh. so what else you got? <laughs> well, that, there's enough beef for that to last maybe the rest of the season, Wendy, but, but <laughs> I, I, will, I will get off of that beef, and I'll go to a team whose name is synonymous with beef, and it's Texas, the Texas Longhorns being ranked in the top 25, and Florida State not. You look at two, five, and three teams overall, Florida State has a win over a top 10 team in this college football playoff ranking with that win over LSU at the beginning. Their three losses are all to teams, again, that are ranked in this iteration of the college football playoff. And then you look at Texas. 0-2 against the current college football playoff ranked teams. I get all the metrics and all that stuff. And, and, and Texas at times has looked like the best team in the Big 12. But you look at Florida State and the resume that they put together, particularly that win over number 10 LSU, which is a whole nother beef. Uh, I think Florida State should be in the top 25, <laughs> even if it has to be at the expense of Texas. Roddy, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, I'm going to go with one that may be a bit unique, but I'm pointing to the group of five entry here in Tulane. A one-loss team, albeit not a great loss to Southern Miss, but they beat East Carolina, all right? And most importantly, by the way, East Carolina just knocked off UCF two weeks ago. Most importantly, they went to Manhattan, Kansas, and knocked off Kansas State. Kansas State then goes and knocks off and throttles Oklahoma State in Manhattan as well. So I'm looking at Tulane, and I'm saying, well, wait a minute. How come it's always convenient for the group of five team to be the, the, the darling of the bell if they come into the preseason rankings with an offseason of hype, yet if they are a team that nobody was expecting to be there, and then they go out and they knock off a Kansas State why aren't they being treated a little bit more fairly when you consider the schedule, the fact that they're a good team? And again, that game in Manhattan was a big deal for Tulane. I'm not saying they should be a top 12 team in these rankings, but I do think that potentially they should be ranked at least ahead of Kansas State or Oklahoma State and somewhere in that range. Guys, when we talk rankings, I don't care if it's the first or the last. We can't just have one beef. I need to start saying, what's your multiple beefs? What, what you got? Because, again, uh, there's obviously so many different ways you can go with this. A thankless job, by the way, being on that committee. But nevertheless, somebody's got to do it. Coming up, I tell you, he, he's not too thrilled with it. I, I, I'm almost certain of that. Sonny Dykes, the TCU head coach, joins the show. We'll get his thoughts on what we learned last night. And it is never too soon. When you're talking about recruiting one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2024, tells us live where he will play college football. That's coming up next. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to College Football Live. The number of Michigan State players suspended as a result of the melee in the Michigan Stadium tunnel last weekend has now doubled. Four players initially suspended. Now there are four more. All eight players expected to remain so until the investigation is complete. The 2024 ESPN Junior 300 already has a few names verbally committed. Here are the top three dual-threat quarterbacks in the class, led by number 20, DJ Lagway, and the 34th-ranked Julian Sayan from Carlsbad, California, who will announce his decision right here with us in just a few minutes. But Luke's will turn to the expert, by the way. That's you. Uh, to tell us a little bit about Junior and what we can expect as he continues his career. Oh, he's one of those kids that's a riverboat gambler, and I love that about him. He goes out, and he looks like he's having a good time in the street just slinging the ball around. He's really gifted with an ability to get the ball out of his hand quickly, and it doesn't always have to be perfect. He can be off his back foot. He can be off platform, ultra-competitive, playing on a high, highly competitive brand of football there in North County, San Diego. So, obviously, it's early. He's a 2024-class player, a very, very talented one, and a very talented quarterback class. The verbal commitment, obviously not binding until December of 2023, but down to Georgia, LSU, and Alabama to this point. That's right, and just to underscore that, he is a junior, so this is a verbal commit. Nevertheless, we do await Julian's decision, and for that, we will go out to the West Coast. Well, as you mentioned, it's come down to three schools. We'll let him announce uh, his college football choice right now. Julian? Yeah, thank you guys for having me. You know, um, I appreciate all the coaches that recruited me. You know, uh, I couldn't have done this without my coaches, uh, my parents, and uh, my teammates, too. And uh, with that being said, I'm announcing my commitment to the University of Alabama. What was the deciding factor in choosing to play there? You know, Alabama's the uh, the standard for college football. I want to be uh, I want to be coached hard by uh, by Coach Saban and Coach O'Brien, and you know, um, it's just it's a special place and it's the highest level of football. All right, Joey, I can say with great authority, I think, from all my colleagues, you will be coached hard. You don't have to worry about that. You have that to look forward to. Uh, and we certainly look forward uh, to your college career as well. Congratulations. Best of luck to you and your family. Thank you. All right. Again, uh, headed to Alabama, a junior class of 2024. Can you believe it? Uh, let's go back to these rankings. It's got everybody all worked up. LSU 10th ahead of their matchup this weekend. The Tigers, the highest ranked two loss team to appear in the rankings for the first time since they ran the table in 2019. So we've already covered where we think there might be some discrepancy. Roddy, of course, that's subject to perspective. Uh, what's your take on LSU? <laughs> Uh, well, to be honest, I think LSU probably got buoyed by Ole Miss in this whole thing based on the performance 
last weekend, you look at LSU's overall resume, and we just talked about why I think Florida State should be ranked, but when one of the losses that LSU has taken is to an unranked Florida State team, albeit at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, I really think that LSU probably benefited by the fact that the committee really liked Ole Miss, and because of the recency of Ole Miss losing to LSU, LSU gets pushed up to number 10, so every year we kind of get one of these, where the two schools are linked together, and that's why one school gets pushed up a little bit higher than they probably other would, otherwise would be. I think LSU is a very good team. I just don't know that they deserve to be in the top ten. Well, it's interesting, Roddy, because I started thinking that way initially, and then I'm going, well, wait a minute. Somebody's got to be in the top ten, right? So I look <laughs> at who's behind them. Ole Miss. Well, LSU's got the head-to-head. Then I looked closely at UCLA because you look at the Bruins and you say, well, you know, you have a tough loss on the road in Outson Stadium. Up in Eugene, that's a difficult foe, obviously, the way Oregon's playing now. But then you look at the, the, the front-loaded portion of the schedule, and I think that's where the committee was more attracted to LSU than they were to UCLA, particularly in those first three weeks. And so it's going to get a little softer for, UC, uh, for, for LSU down the stretch, but it gets a little bit more difficult for UCLA because it was so front-loaded. But as you start to really look at it, Who else would you put at 10 right now? They're far from flawless. They have not been a productive football team in the kicking game. They're starting to come along in the passing game under Jaden Daniels. But you could also argue he's had the best season he's had since he was a freshman at Arizona State. And the defense is really coming on. By the way, Harold Perkins is starting to become a difference maker for that defense, making a huge impact. So we'll find out a lot more if they're worthy of that number 10 ranking in Baton Rouge at 7 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday. (laughs) Boy, don't you know we will. By the way, since losing to Florida State in week one, LSU 6-1, and one, eighth in the country in efficiency. And the only, only loss during that span, of course, coming to Tennessee, which now finds themselves in that top spot. All right, ahead on College Football Live, we continue to talk TCU. Uh, but first, a reminder, this week's featured college game, Bryce Young and number six, Alabama, we were just talking about squaring off against Jalen Daniels and number 10, LSU. This is a huge SEC West matchup. Coverage begins Saturday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. Head coach Sonny Dykes is with us. Imagine what he's thinking after last night's initial CFP rankings. Not to worry. He's here, and we will ask him next on College Football Live. Despite a perfect season, the College Football Playoff Committee has left TCU out of their top six in their initial selections of 2022. TCU ranked number seven in the AP poll with wins over Kansas State and Oklahoma State headlining their perfect slate, uh, which means this is a busy man. Head coach Sonny Dykes takes a few minutes to join us. And coach, look, uh, recognizing that this is just the beginning, what did you think initially when you saw last night's decision? Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I didn't see it live. I heard about it a little bit on Twitter. Um, you know, I was talking to some recruits via Twitter and, and read a little bit about it. Um, you know, I'm not surprised. I think preseason rankings have so much to do with the way teams are perceived. You know, we were picked seventh or eighth in our league um, in the preseason polls. So to me, it's going to take so, uh, take a while for us to build a little bit of credibility. And, and I'm okay with that. I mean, look, we've got we've got four very difficult games left. Um in, a, in an opportunity in a conference championship game if we're fortunate enough to get there. So I think we have a lot of opportunities to show everybody what kind of football team that we have. And, 
you know, I'm proud of the way that we've played up to this point, but we still have a lot to prove. Yeah, Coach, uh, obviously you control what you can control, which is winning football games. But, I mean, this league is really good from top to bottom. The gauntlet that you guys just went through, the gauntlet that you've got coming up, even though you don't have to leave the state of Texas, you've got Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech, and then Iowa State coming to you. I mean, th this league top to bottom, what makes it so difficult on a week-in, week-out basis? You know, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's just it's a very, very competitive league from top to bottom. There's really not that big of a difference between – you know, the, the team that's in first place and the team that's in last place. And so, you know, you have to play well every single Saturday with no layups. You can't have a bad game. If you do, you're going to end up getting beat. And, you know, we've been fortunate to win some, some tight ball games and some games where we had to come back in the second half. But our guys have played really well. You know, we're playing with a lot of confidence right now. You know, we played four consecutive ranked teams in a row. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a difficult thing to do. And we were able to find a way to win all of those games. And so, like I said, I'm proud of our guys for what they've accomplished right now, but, but we realize we've got a lot to prove. Coach, I feel like so much of the conversation coming off of the initial ranking is, wow, how can TCU not be ranked ahead of so-and-so and so-and-so? And I'm sitting back going, isn't this how Coach Dykes would like it? I mean, doesn't this fit into the narrative in the makeup of your football team, <clears throat> Coach, in the sense that, this just gives you more to strive for, does it not? I'm curious to know how your team responded to this. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is we haven't ever talked about it. Never one time this season have we ever talked about the conference standings. Uh, we've never talked about the top 25. We've never talked about, um, um, you know, the, the rankings that just came out. You know, that stuff just hasn't ever really crossed our, our, our mind much, honestly. And so – you know, we have a very difficult game Saturday against a very good Texas Tech team. We know that. And, and our guys have just taken that one-day-at-a-time mentality and really one practice at a time. So we've we've really worked hard to put ourselves in this position, you know, and our guys have stayed incredibly focused. And I think we realize that if we, we lose our focus and we start talking about things that are out of our control, you know, then all of a sudden we've created a distraction for ourselves. And, and our guys have played well just because we've avoided that up to this point. And so, you know, as I said earlier – it's never come up in conversation one time. We haven't talked about it as a coaching staff, uh, and we certainly haven't talked about it to our players. Coach, that makes a lot of sense. But now that it's out there, do you, do you say anything now to your players about getting ready for what's next? You know, not really. I think they all know that that we have a very small margin of error. You know, we can't we can't lose any games. We've got to we've got to go out. We've got to play well and put ourselves in the best position that we can. And I know I'm confident, and I would imagine our players are confident that if we if we were able to to win our games, then you know I think that that we would feel like we would end up in a good position. So there's still a lot of uh, a lot of football to be played. We have four games on our schedule left. You know, hopefully there'll be a fifth conference championship game, and then and then we'll kind of see where we are at that point. Because you know when you look around college football right now, there's a lot of teams that are getting ready to knock each other off. You know, obviously, you know Georgia and Tennessee play this week, and you know, as you start looking at that list, obviously uh, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. And so there's a lot of teams that are ahead of us right now that still have to play each other. So, you know, I'm confident that if we continue to play well, people will take notice. Coach, thank you. Absolutely right. Only control what you can. And the college football landscape could look a lot different in two weeks than it does as we sit here today. Uh, but congratulations thus far and best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, you know, the crazy thing about college football is who, who in the world knows what's going to happen on any given Saturday. So that's what makes it so exciting and so it makes it the, the, the great game that it is.
Couldn't agree more, Coach. And speaking of which, we don't have a crystal ball, but we do know what the remaining schedule looks like for some of these top teams. As you take a look, we've got Clemson, Alabama, and TCU who have already played a difficult schedule, but they've got work to do, Roddy, and, and he makes a great point. Look, I mean, the bottom line is they can't lose a game. They've got to win out and hopefully win the Big 12. If that's the case, then does TCU fall in that top four? If they go undefeated and win a conference champion, they are absolutely in the top four because uh, I refuse to believe that an undefeated Power 5 conference champion is not going to get in, uh, especially if you're talking about a non-conference champion uh, that has one loss ahead of them. Overall, when you look at it, conference championships have to be a part of it. And if, if an undefeated Power 5 conference champion doesn't get in, you're essentially relegating the Big 12 in this scenario to group of five status, and I don't think that's going to happen. Well, Roddy, one of those three teams we just showed on that graphic is Clemson, probably the most heavily scrutinized team in the top six. And you look at their schedule remaining. I mean, if, if you've got even a one-loss Big 12 conference champ and then a one-loss Pac-12 conference champ, and if Clemson were to have a loss, now that's the chaos we all deserve in college football. <laughs> it's well, it's interesting, it's guys. Diabolical. You know <laughs> right, isn't it always stirring the pot? It's interesting, though, guys, because what, what we, we say this, or at least I feel like I say it every year at this point, oh, my goodness, how is this going to shake out? This isn't right. And, and to Coach Dykes' point, there's so many teams who will face each other, Lugs, that it feels like, you know, right. almost always, not always, but almost always, it finds a way to sort of sort itself out and land where it should. We just want a bunch of one-loss teams, maybe one undefeated, oh. and then let the chaos ensue. I'm here for it. I know you are too, Roddy. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to come Listen. back on in that scenario and have us yell at each other constantly. I'll be, I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but love, fellas. Nothing but love. Listen, we got a long way to go. A lot of big games left in college football. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 430 Eastern.